Support for this podcast comes from Frito-Lay in the 2023 Snack Bracket Championship. The Frito-Lay Snacker Challenge is underway, and fans are voting on their favorite snacks to crown champion. We're talking about primetime matchups between the best 64 snacks in the land. Will Ruffles Ridges reign supreme? Can Doritos defend their dynasty? Or will Smart Food use their smarts for a surprise upset? Only you can decide. Get in on all the action for a chance to win up to $1,000 or a year's worth of snacks. Let your snacks be heard. Just go to Frito-LaySnackIt.SBNation.com to vote and enter for a chance to win. No purchase necessary. Sweepstakes ends April 3rd, 2023. Void but prohibited. Years worth of snacks awarded in the form of 52 coupons, each good for one bag of chips. See official rules at Frito-LaySnackIt.SBNation.com. Pets are welcome on this podcast, so it's fun. Welcome to Checking Out the Competition. Detroit Red Wings times two, technically. As we're playing them twice. Um, we're being joined by Peter Flynn, formerly of Winging It in Motown. Pete, how are you doing? I'm doing great. It's uh, it's a nice night here in northern New Jersey. Um, we have had some of the snow melt uh, in our yard, which means that the base level of ice can now be exposed so everybody can slip everywhere. So that's fantastic. But other than that, things are good. <laughs> that sounds great. Yeah. All right, so uh, we're coming off the All-Star break. That was supposed to be the Olympics break, but it's just an All-Star break. (laughs) Um, And we're going to play a couple of rescheduled hockey games. Um, The Flyers are coming off a couple of wins prior to the break, which is different for them. Detroit coming off a 5-3 loss to the Kings. I feel like none of that really matters because it's been an entire week since they've played hockey. So yeah. You know, momentum isn't really a thing. No, I don't think so. No. So uh, we haven't played the Red Wings very. Nope, not at all this season. Not um, at all, because I haven't been on. Because you haven't been here. Who else would yeah. I talk? Um, I guess like overview, high level. What's up with the Red Wings this season? Sure. So, um, you know, like I said, when we were talking before all this, like my knowledge is based on like still having friends that follow the team uh, and reading Twitter, um, which honestly is probably a pretty, you know, pretty good look at like how 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 it's going and how the fan base is reacting, because I know this is surprising, but like, you know, people are pretty honest about their feelings about their hockey team on Twitter. So, um, yeah, but I think. The last few years have been very frustrating um, because there's a difference between your team being bad and your team being unwatchable. And Mm. now from what I understand, this might strike a chord with some of your listeners. It's sounding Um, clear. Yeah. Yeah. And so, like, I'm trying to remember, I think like the two years before, because like this all, you know, the season, every season blends together for me. I think like the last two years were kind of similar where, you know, with the way that like the draft lottery works, you know, it wasn't like, hey, we're going to get, you know, Lafreniere or we're going to get Byfield, you know. Now, don't get me wrong. I mean, like, I think that the that the team is drafted well and it looks like, you know, Lucas Raymond, who, if I remember correctly, was a fourth overall pick i forget i know cider was sixth i think raymond was fourth because i think that was the highest one highest draft pick that the team has had um you know in recent memory and 
you know, Raymond is looking like a, a, a very good player. Um, you know, it's looking like he he could be maybe better than some of the players who were drafted ahead of him. But even if not, he's a very good player. And he's he, it seems like he's going to be a staple of the team for, you know, for you know years to come. And it was just like, like I said, there's a difference between losing and just not being fun at all, mm-hmm. where it's just like you kind of dread and again i'm not going to say too much about this because i don't want to like really upset people who are like well this sounds like my life you know kind of dreading like you know like like i talked to uh which i know i'm sure you do too like scott you know scott matla from the 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 canadians site Mm -hmm. and you know montreal i mean it's great they go from you know stanley cup uh you know runner up to you know, one of the worst seasons in NHL history, if I if I I'm pretty sure I think they're kind of on track to like be on par with that Red Wings team of like, what, two years ago, three years ago, that was just like absolutely abysmal. And he's just like, well, I guess there's another game on. I guess I have to, you know, suffer through this. You know, it's it wasn't fun. And it seems like for this year has been even though the team has not been winning as much as they would hope or or like they think that they maybe should be. At least it's way more fun. You know, players mm-hmm. like Raymond and Moritz Sider, um, who famously I would I have always been a fan of uh, from draft night where I said that it, he was a home run pick. And please don't go check that. Um, <laughs> yeah, it, it, like he's just a fun player. He's kind of like uh, I'm trying to think like like a good analogy for that um, because he plays very tough right Mm -hmm. he is going to hit your players but he's not going to like tom wilson them or radko gudis them or something like that where he's going to do something like incredibly dirty he's just like a physical beast you know he's like a a, a, like like a mountain man child (laughs) where and, and the thing that he's very good at from seeing clips is getting under the skin of like superstars but again not that he's like doing it because he's like when the when the uh the official's not looking he like spears him in the groin or something like that you know he just he he's 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 in their face he's a big guy they can't move him um and you know he doesn't back down uh i don't know i don't know if you're if if you remember um when i was growing up my favorite player in hockey was darius kasparitis on first on the island yeah peter i gotta go yeah, the best. Um, now I know, obviously, he, uh, you know, especially when he was on the uh, uh, the Penguins. Yes. Um, you know, there was definitely no love lost there. But like he was, you know, he just like irritate the other team. Now he was a little bit more of kind of a dirty player, uh, mm-hmm. or had the propensity to be dirty. Um, but yeah, like you know, like that type of player is fun to have on your team. I mean, they are. Yeah, I mean, Darius Kasparaitis. Is kind of like the encyclopedia picture for guy you absolutely hate unless he's on your team. Yeah. And he's your favorite player. Yeah. So I totally get it. Yeah. Um, so you mentioned Detroit might be a little bit fun and they're actually like probably not as bad as I think people who don't pay much attention mm-hmm. away from the flyers think that they might be. Um, they're third in the wild card right now in the yeah. conference. I mean, they're a distant third, to be fair. Yeah. Um, they've got 46 points behind Boston's 55. So it's like, you know, it's a long shot for them to take one of those two spots, but it's not out of the question. Mm. Um, and they are, you know, two spots above the Flyers 
eight points better than them on the season. So Detroit is kind of doing the thing that we all thought was going to happen, I think, when Shani took over, which is turning a corner. Wait, you mean Iserman? Iserman. (laughs) It's okay. The wrong wrong Red Wing. (laughs) It's okay. I mean, he's, 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 you know, he's a... Uh, one of the team heroes from his role uh, against the uh, um, the Avalanche, you know. Thank you for correcting me. Yeah, it's all good. I would have just let that go. Yeah. Um, anyway, when he took over, I think that people kind of expected that that was what was going to happen relatively quickly with him at the helm because he seems to be an outstanding general manager. So they're finally turning the corner into a competitive hockey team rather than you know, a bottom of the league dumpster fire like they happened for a long time. <laughs> yeah, yeah, exactly. I mean, there's no way to no way to argue that. Which sounds fun. I wonder what that is like. You mentioned uh, a team being both bad and unwatchable, and I'm not sure how much attention you've been playing to the Flyers this season, but they are both bad and unwatchable for the most part. So, yeah, I mean, a lot of it has been through your tweets. So, yeah. It's been a real party this season. <laughs> they're making uh they're making all of the things that I used to love most in my life very tedious, which I do not appreciate. <laughs> I don't appreciate it at all. This was all supposed to be fun. Anywho, so the Red Wings. Um, I was looking on Wing It in Motown today. They had a very handy article recently about midseason overperformers and underperformers. Um, some of the guys that they pointed out as playing, I guess, a bit better than they expected, Tyler Bertuzzi and Mark Stahl. I guess those guys are having pretty good seasons. Yeah, I mean, uh, Tyler Bertuzzi, um, I, 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 this is probably not going to be too surprising uh, from, you know, again, you know, the, watching through the lens of Twitter, which, again, it is, I mean, I was, I was joking a little bit before it's not you know twitter is not the real world which i think sometimes i you know sometimes people including myself need to remember um mm-hmm. you know it, it is basically the land of the always on the land of the uh you know uh hot take people and uh just maybe slightly overreacting on occasion um oh, maybe <laughs> possibly but uh, there was quite quite a hubbub uh, about Tyler Bertuzzi prior to the start of the season, um, and actually, you know, for 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 quite a while, the um, the, the the puns about uh, you know taking all you know taking every shot except for one uh, are are still alive. Um, as, as far as I remember, I think he might be the only unvaccinated player in the NHL. Um, which when yeah. You th- yeah, when you think about you think about some of the players in the NHL, that's that that's saying something when you're the only one. It's impressive that somehow they even got a what's his dick in New Jersey to get his vaccine. Oh, yeah. There was the guy. Yeah. Blackwood. Right. Yeah. 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 And he finally, you know, capitulated to the pressure from the mainstream media or whatever and got his vaccines. But somehow Tyler Bertuzzi still can't be bothered. It's wild to me that they even let him play, to be honest. They just shouldn't let him play. I mean, the it's it's hard because again i always have to remember that like you know the way i look at the world is not the way that everyone looks at the world you know we all have our own perspective um but from 
you know, what I saw, there was a lot of Red Wings fans, and again, not certainly not all of them, but there was a substantial percentage of Red Wings fans who were very upset at him, like who were, you know, not happy that he that he made that choice. Mm-hmm. Um, now, you know, taking that aside, um, on the ice when he's been able to play on the ice because he had to sit out some some games. Uh, part you know for for starters he can't play against uh, Canada. I don't know if that's changed, but at least at one point that was true. So he missed some games early on in the season, and then uh, I don't know if he. T- I, I think he just ended up on the COVID protocol, but he had to sit out an extended period of time because he wasn't vaccinated, right? Whereas other people, you know, miss a couple of days. Like he missed a lot. I forget exactly. But when he's been on the ice, I mean, he has been very good. Uh, and we've seen that the last couple seasons, especially when he plays with Dylan Larkin, the two of them have like really good chemistry together. Um, you know, for, I mean, right now looking at, looking at the stats, I mean, he is, he's played 39 games and he has 40 points. You know, uh, Larkin is over a point a game. Uh, you know, like I think it's we're not too far removed from when the high score on their red on the Red Wings had like a ridiculously lo- low number of points compared to like yeah. the rest of the league's teams. You know, um, underperformers on the season: Philip Zadina, Adam Erne, and Nick Letty. I guess are letting y'all down. Yeah, I mean, let's see. Uh, see, Adam Ernie last year was uh, trying to think of like the best way to explain this. Um, if you ever played like youth sports of any kind, and there was like the kid on the team where if like they weren't supposed to do good, but they somehow did, it's like in soccer, like somehow every game they found themselves open and they scored a goal or something like that. Um, it's not that he, he was bad. You know, I, I certainly don't want to say that, but he definitely way overperformed last year. He was scoring at a rate that was very obviously not sustainable. Mm. And so it's not surprising that he regressed this year, but it, from what I understand, he regressed a lot more than, you know, I mean, if you look at it, he has one goal in his last 21 games, four points in 21 games. I mean, that's, you know, far, far off the pace from last year. Uh, Nick Letty, um, this kind of isn't surprising. And like this happens a lot where I know that this is not um, something that is only the Red Wings, uh, you know, fandom. But so often when you get kind of like, I don't want to say a cast off because that sounds like I'm being really critical, but you know, Letty's at the tail end of his career. And yeah. it's happened a lot recently where Detroit gets a player who, like, five years ago, you would have been, like, jumping for joy to get him on your team. And it's like, it's, it's not, like, he's just not the same. And, like, we've seen how quickly players can fall off, right? Like, so, you know, yeah. as a former Islander fan, Franz Nielsen, I love Franz Nielsen. And when the Red Wings signed him, I was like, okay. He's not going to be good by the end of the contract, right? But then the problem was the wheels started falling off earlier than expected. And I think 
I never got confirmation on this, but I, I know JJ agrees with me on this, that it seemed like it was probably like lingering concussion. And, you know, he kept getting hit in the head. You know, yeah. he kept getting head injuries and like he just did not look the same. And like nobody ever said it, but like it always kind of seemed like that was what happened. And then who's the other player? Uh, Philip Zadina. So, yeah, Philip Zadina is, you know how like when you get a player and you're really excited for him. Mm-hmm. And then he starts like like he shows flashes, but he's just not consistent. But then you're worried that if you trade him, he's going to score a billion goals next year. That is like the way I see Philip Zadina right now, um, because so often, you know, people like Max Boltman, you know, people like uh, I, I know Prashant sometimes like they're pointing out it's like. It's not that he's playing bad. He's just not scoring, you know, and when you have a player like him, you drafted him to score goals. That's obviously a problem, you know, and it kind of seems like I wonder, like, I I don't know what's going to happen with that. Um, I don't know. Uh, I'm looking at also like under the radar. Yeah. Gustav Lindstrom is an interesting player because last year I was making the case for him to be exposed in the expansion draft he was actually protected um and they exposed dennis chalowski who got who got taken um and basically i mean i did my big 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 uh expansion draft series and i I kept trying to make the point like it doesn't matter like these guys are six defensemen in the nhl at best you know maybe fifth you know like they're bottom pair defensemen and you know, he's actually been playing pretty good this year. He's been playing better than I thought. I still I still see him as like a third defenseman, you know, third pair defenseman. But now I kind of see him maybe as like more of a solid third pair defenseman with with the potential to play on a second pair without killing you. Um, mm-hmm. You know, what I mean, like as before, I kind of saw him as like a fringe fringe NHLer. And I, th- I think he's definitely gone up in my estimation. Um so that, yeah, I mean that, that, that's definitely interesting. He's a player to watch. But again, I mean, when you guys are watching, you know, the the Red Wings games, it's going to be Larkin, it's going to be Bertuzzi, it's going to be Raymond, and it's going to be Cider. Like those are going to be the ones that stand out. So the one guy that kind of seems like low key a really good pickup for the team was Alex Angelkovic. Yeah, from uh, the Canes, which I I think like everyone, it seemed like we we're talking about how hockey Twitter isn't real life, but everyone on hockey Twitter seemed pretty surprised that the Canes were willing to let him go after he played pretty well for them. Um, looks like he's playing pretty well so far for the Red Wings. He got a 9-11 save percentage. It's pretty respectable. Never forget. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> he did 9-11. Who knew? Um, <laughs> oh, my God. Sorry. <laughs> I was going to say out of out of the two Red Wings goalies, he's like he's he's the one you wouldn't expect to get canceled. Yeah. Yeah. The other guy has only got an 894 though and there's no funny jokes to be made there. Thomas Grice. Oh, I mean, you could you could make a lot of funny jokes if you want. You could say, you know, he's uh his head isn't in the game cuz he is he's really jealous that he doesn't get to occupy Ottawa. Oh god, is he want he's that bad? Uh, let me put it this way, and like you can look this up for yourself. Um, he is not welcome on the German national team. Oh, yeah. I don't think anything else needs to be said there. That's yep. uh, fucking wild. Okay. Um, so Ned seems to be 
playing well. Oh, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm assuming that they are kind of planning, like, would he be kind of the long-term plan for the team, I'm guessing, considering he's a pretty young guy? Well, the interesting thing, and, and, you know, obviously, you know, with my background in analytics, uh, you know, obviously we have, uh, you know, it's pretty well documented that, Many people in the analytics community are always cautious about goalies. Uh, Before I kind of stopped covering hockey, I had this kind of white whale that I wanted to do, which was to analyze like goalies and try to figure out like if there's a way you can have some better success at predicting what goalie is going to be good from year to year. Because outside of a couple, you know, I mean... Again, not trying to big up, bring up matter, you know, bad memories, but I mean, Lundqvist, you know, was good his whole career. I mean, obviously, at the end he kind of tailed off, but I mean, he was good for over a decade. He was like one of the top goalies in the in the league. You know, Luongo, uh, you know, Brodeur, Patrick Waugh, um, you know, Hasek. There's not that many. You know, there's not that many goalies that are that are top ten in the league. Let's say every single year. You know. Um, even the best goalies, I mean, Carey Price is like, you know, winning games single handedly for a long time. And then he has that whole season where he's just like, you know, yeah, not even, was- not even a backup goalie, you know? Right. Yeah. So, so it's really tough. Uh, the Red Wings did draft a goalie, um, fa- somewhat, I mean, famously in, in Red Wing circles, uh, in the last draft, you know, they drafted him in the first round, they moved up to get him, um, Sebastian Casa. Or Kusa Casa, I'm not sure how to pronounce it. Um, and you know, but you know, it it takes a few years. You know, he's not going to be NHL ready for at least a couple years, I would think. So yeah, I mean, I I think they probably see Novelkovic as a at the very least medium term, mm-hmm. you know, goalie. Um, I I I would be very surprised now. You know, just wait for me to wait for this to happen. I'd be very surprised if they sign him to like a six year deal. I kind of feel like it's very stupid to commit to literally any goaltender for more than like three years. Uh, You are 100 percent right. And again, I was talking about, you know, my 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 white whale of, uh, you know, goalie, uh, you know, uh, like a big goalie project. I will tell you the one thing like that is one thing I obviously can't say with 100 percent certainty, but I can say I know you're right. That is it is it is. Foolish, yeah. foolish to sign a goalie long term. Like it just is. Yeah. I mean, you would think that you could just point to the carry price contract and say, see, maybe not mm-hmm. a great idea. Um, but yeah. NHL GMs don't learn lessons. No, they don't. I mean, I would say, you know, there are a handful that have seemed to learn. Uh, you know, if you look at, you know, obviously not the only one, but, you know, one of the things that Iserman's done really well in, in Tampa too, is not to commit to, not to, not to shell out long-term contracts to non-core players, Mm -hmm. um, in general, you know, he, he's, you know, he's done some contracts that I think he'd probably like to, you know, have back, but you know, if you look at, uh, you know, if, you know, if you're your listeners, if you go on to cap friendly and you look at the Red Wings, you will see there are very few players that are committed to you for more than a couple years. Which makes sense because the team was a disaster contracting cap wise mm-hmm. when Eisman got there. So it makes sense that he would be, you know, trying yeah. to from under that as best as possible. 
hundred percent. Yeah. Okay. So last thing I'll ask you. Well, second to yeah. last thing. Um, <laughs> outside of the top guys, outside of like the Larkins, the Bertuzzi's, the Ciders, all those guys. Mm-hmm. Um, who's the most exciting player on the team? The most exciting player. That is a very interesting question. Okay. I'm going to give you a couple, a couple options here. Okay. So I'm I'm not going to pick any of the players that we talked about, which is which makes it a little tough. Uh, um, now we didn't talk about Jacob Verona because he's not playing because he's still injured. Uh, outside of those players, he is probably the next most interesting player. He is a very high skilled, high um, ceiling type player where he can take over a game sometimes. So I would say out of the players. The most exciting that we haven't talked about is going to be there, there's a couple options. Um, number one would be uh, Nemestikov, you know, who's been around the league for a while, but he seems to be having kind of like a career renaissance in Detroit. Not that he's like an all star, but he's a solid player. You know, he's scoring pretty big goals and he, the the fans love him. Um Recently, he scored a goal and he did like a selling where he like pulls on the logo. And it's just like it seems like he loves being in Detroit. Like it seems genuine. And obviously fans really respond to that. Yeah. Um, The other one, the other one would be and this is interesting. For the last few years, I have been trying to make the case that Giovanni Smith was an NHL player that but he kept getting stuck in the AHL. And what would happen is he would come up. He would play for like two or three games. He would do everything that like like Jeff Blaschel, the coach, would have a press conference. He'd be like, what do you expect to see from Giovanni Smith? I expect him to do A, B and C. And then for three games, he would do A, B and C. And then he'd go back to the minors, you know, and it was just like. I was like, give like th- this guy is an NHLer. He's not an all star. He's not going to you know, he's going to score a billion goals, but he is a energy guy he is like a like a grinder the type of player that you need on your team that is going to um you know give energy to your the rest of your team he's going to you know he's the type of player where if you need to be physical if you if you have somebody that's like taking you know taking shots at larkin and you need somebody to go fight him because that's still how the league works a little bit but he's but he's not a liability on the ice. He can play hockey. Um, but recently they went out and they claimed on waivers his brother. Um, and that is obviously exciting, right? Whenever you have brothers on a team, oh yeah, that's always fun. Uh, so in terms of excitement, I think you know, just just wa- you know, seeing what people are saying on Twitter about this, they seem to be pretty, pretty psyched, pretty stoked about it. And then finally, finally, yeah. Final scores for both of these games. Oh, I forgot we did this. That's right. Okay. I'm going to try something this time. Hold on. Oh, no. I am going to take out my dice rolling app. Okay. Oh, my God. I love this. All right. And so I'm going to I'm going to use the six the six sided dice because I think eight is probably pushing a little bit. So let's see. So the first game is going to be Detroit. Six. Oh, okay. Philly six. So this is going to be super exciting. And then in, uh, uh, let's see, is it going to go to a shootout? No, it's going to be an overtime and Philly's going to win. That's the first one. I know. Exciting. Second game. 
Six for Detroit. Whoa, this is okay. My my dice roller is broken. <laughs> six four, six four. Detroit winning the second game. So right, amazing high energy, super fun games. Which now we know it's going to be one zero. I'm going to tell you what I would absolutely love for the first Flyers game back to be a game in which they score six goals, <laughs> even if they lose. Yeah. <laughs> so I would, oh yeah. Um, cause that sounds, you know, like fun, mm. which I know this is like a, a really wild concept. The sports are supposed to be fun. I like them better with <gasps> fun. goals, fun, scoring, yeah. fun. Um, mm. so yeah, that would be super cool if that were to happen. I personally think that these are going to be, I think that the flyers will probably lose the first game. I'm going to say. Not as spicy as you, but I'm going to say three to two. Okay. Detroit on the first one. And then I'll, even though Saturday afternoon games are notoriously, just hilariously bad for the Flyers, Mm -hmm. I'm going to say that they shake off that curse and then they win Saturday three to one. Ooh, okay. That's exciting. I'm going to go with. And um, Detroit does not play well on Saturday afternoons either. I got, there's... I, I don't think there's too many teams that have a track record of like Saturday afternoons being like their best performances. Nobody likes them. I guess they they're all like little robots. And like if they can't have their chicken fettuccine at the exact right time and then get their nap in, like everything's just a shambles. <laughs> but who among us? Am I right? Yeah. Peter, thank you very much. Do you want to tell people where they can find you on the Internet? If you don't, that's totally OK. No, that's totally fine because I I did want to kind of promote the series I'm doing um, a little bit. So if you go on Twitter um, and if, by the way, if you're not like addicted to Twitter, like don't 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 go like get somebody else to to find this link I'm going to mention for you and just read it somewhere else. Um, You know, don't you know. Excellent advice. Yeah, exactly. Tweeting, you know, not even once. Um, So but if you are on Twitter. Um, I am at pflynn42, so it's P-F-L-Y-N-N, uh, and then the number 42. And if you go on there and you look at my pin tweet, right, you will see I've been doing a series on Medium, right? I have a Medium page, um, and the series is called A Year of Promoting the People Who Make the Things I Love. And one of the things is back when I was writing for Wim and editing and, and all that stuff, um, it was very easy to feel and this is just comment, a comment. I'm not saying it's me personally, but it's like it's very easy to feel like you're just either writing or or speaking into the void because, you know, like I had a I had a podcast, uh, you know, for two or three years and every episode like a thousand listens, you know, so I know people are listening. But like think about the last time, you know, you told a podcast like, hey, I liked your episode. Like it doesn't happen very often. Yep. You know, and so, yeah. And so that's one of the things that kind of got, you know, kind of made me feel, you know, not great. Um, And so I decided that I was going to try to counter that and I was going to try to encourage people to to do that. So originally I was a little bit overzealous. I was a little I bit off a little more than I could chew. And I started off doing it every day. And I've I've since going down to three a week. So basically what I do is like. Three times a week on Monday, Wednesday, Friday, I put out a post on Medium that is a person 
Uh, sometimes it's like a Twitter account, so I don't know exactly who the person is. Like today, uh, where is it? Hold on. Today is I, I want to make sure I get the uh, the actual thing right. Today was cats uh, cats with jobs, the Twitter account cats with jobs, which is amazing. It's <laughs> it'll make your day better, you know. And so like kind of promoting things, and some of them are you know some of them are big, you know. Like uh, I I promoted. Uh, uh, the YouTube channel Girlfriend Reviews that has like a ton of subscribers. Uh, some of them are going to be smaller. Some of them are going to be like people that you might not have heard of. But it's basically just, you know, here's a little bit about this person that is making content that I really like, that they're they're putting something out, good out into the world. I'm going to try to promote them and I'm going to tell you about them. And that's kind of the idea. So that's been going really well. And, and I f- it, it makes me feel good. And that's kind of the best. That's like the best part of it, I think. That's great. I read your uh, the one that you put out on Allison. Luther. Oh, yeah. Really yeah, yeah. She's she's very cool. Oh, um, nice. yeah. And it is actually a really cool thing to do because you're right. I feel like people and I mean, I'm guilty of this, too. You either feel like it would be creepy and weird to mm. tell someone that you don't actually know that you like a thing that they do. Yeah. Um, or like, you know, you're too like scared to like approach someone or whatever, whatever reason in your head is never never actually real whatever person you tell that you like them they're gonna feel good about it like if you tell a stranger on the street that you like like their shoes mm. like you've 100 percent made that person's whole day oh yeah absolutely like i try to do that a lot and like i because i'm a you know for people who don't know i'm a i'm a high school teacher and you know i i talk to my students all the time like you know before class after class just like you know see them in the hallway and one thing I do try to do is I try to like, you know, give them compliments in in a way that's not creepy, you know, because obviously <laughs> you have to be careful, you know, especially, you know, I'm yeah. a guy, especially talking to teenage girls. I'm not, you know, you have to be careful with how you phrase things. But, you know, I've kind of learned like, oh, like, oh, cool dress, you know, or something like that or like cool outfit, um, you know, something like that. Like you can tell you can tell that they got dressed up and, you know, if you're like, hey, cool, you know. It's kind of how you phrase it, you know, I guess. Yeah. Um, yeah, no, I, I agree. I agree. I definitely am a big believer. I'm a big believer in that idea. Yes. And people aren't nice enough to each other anymore. So little, no. tiny, little tiny niceties are yeah. are good. So thanks for doing that, Peter. I think it's very cool. Everyone should go check it out. There are some very cool things. I went through it um, after I read the one on Allison. There are, I mean, I never heard of a lot of them. So it was like a cool little you know, glimpse into some stuff I didn't know about. <laughs> That's awesome. I love it. Yeah. Pete, thank you very much again for doing this. I hope that you enjoy the games if you choose to watch them. I hope everyone listening enjoys <laughs> games. I hope yeah. the Flyers do something fun, at least a little bit for us. Uh, but yeah, we'll see how it goes. <laughs> yeah, 22 goals would be amazing, right? I'm into it. <laughs> <laughs> Today's episode is brought to you by Cars.com. With over 2 million vehicles and 50,000 more added every day, Cars.com will match you with the perfect car for you, your budget, your life, your style. And if you're ready to say goodbye to your current car, Cars.com will get you an instant offer to cash it in. Just start by entering your license plate and get matched with a local dealer who will write you the check. So whether you're looking to buy or sell, just go to Cars.com. It's magical.